Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a focus episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the topics of the day. Well, I'm sitting here with Phil Ali. How are you, Phil? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Tyler? I am great. Just enjoying this roller coaster Calgary weather that we've been having this summer. It was sunny earlier, I swear. Now, I don't know what's going to happen now. Maybe a tornado. But Phil and I are chatting about Tesser. Um, we had a chance to meet a couple of weeks ago, and I was really impressed with what you guys were up to from one, adapting, pivoting as a company, one, two, being Alberta based, three, finding a creative solution to deal with what we're all dealing with on a global scale with COVID 19. So maybe start with, Tell us a little bit about what Tesser's all about, and then we'll get into telling a little bit of your backstory. So Tesser's a, a company based here in Calgary, and what we're looking to be is, is both a sanitization and a sterilization company um, based around using UBC technology. Um, so that's a different way to sterilize than what, uh, what most people are using in terms of uh, sanitization wipes or um, even on the medical side, autoclaves. Um, and then as you can see it right now in the COVID world, um, the amount of uh, hand sanitizer being used, all of those things. But what we're looking for is, is a way to sanitize objects or even PPE. Um, so what we've created is the Tesser ACT. Um, and we're currently working um, under Health Canada guidance to try and move that along to be an accredited uh, sterilization and sanitization chamber. Um, and just the reason we did it was to try and make make a difference in the world um, with that unit. And that's uh, through this pandemic, through uh, maybe future pandemics, or even just trying to keep people healthy um, and not transfer viruses, not transfer bacteria between things. So typical approach, it's either a chemical approach using some type of, you know, an alcohol base or something that's going to kill uh, the virus or bacteria. The second being autoclave, which is heat. Is that correct? Am I understanding that? I'm digging way back into my science degree on that one, Phil. Yeah. Ex extreme heat and extreme steam uh, is what the autoclaves are using. Um, and, okay. you know, that's not really something that's available to most people in non-medical environments, okay. whereas the, the pandemics brought around the need for it in every single environment. So yes, it's you not not in, not just not just not just relegated to the, a medical type environment where they've been dealing with obviously killing bacteria and dealing with these challenges for since the beginning of time. Yeah, they they know what they're doing, whereas everybody else has been forced into this because of uh, COVID nineteen. So it's trying to create a universal solution that works quickly uh, that people can trust and stand behind. But it, it comes straight down to something that you know has worked and having the, the security around that. So it's, it's very similar. If you read the Lysol wipes that people are using, um, I believe that it, you know, it says 99.99 on the front of yep. sanitization. However, if you read the back side of it, it does 99.9 if you leave that surface to be wet for four minutes. It does 99.99 if that service is wet for 10 to 15 minutes. So are people actually using the, the sanitization um, the way that it needs to be? Because sometimes if you leave it for 10 to 15 minutes, it's not actually wet. So you might actually need to be cleaning that surface multiple times. To um, actually kill, to kill, the, kill the bacteria. Interesting. Exactly. I would, so right I, would, now, I would boldly say a lot of people that I know personally, myself personally, I have not been doing that correctly. <laughs> yeah. So right now, what we're trying to do is, is um, create something that you know, whatever you're putting in there, you know, if it comes to be your phone, if you've got packages coming in the door um, that you want to make sure doesn't uh, doesn't have any COVID on it. You know, even if your groceries, if you're trying to use it on a 
on an individual level um, that that it 100% is going to do what it says on any exposed surface that the light uh, touches. Um, and just giving people surety around that, as well as, you know, we we first created it for the the healthcare side of things um, to make sure that we we try and make a difference where it's the biggest chance of transference of the COVID okay. virus, um, making sure that it's not on the surfaces of the things that are being used there, um, and then using it all the way up to uh, to PPE reuse um, as as there is sometimes a worry of shortages. Um, Canada mm-hmm. not so much right now, but. Uh, it, it could come back around. And then if that means going to the countries that there is shortages and making a difference in and stretching use of PPE from uh, possible one-time use to uh, hopefully 10-time use or uh, or above. Interesting. So just paint a picture for, because this is audio, we don't have visual, but please, you know, tesser.ca, go check out the website. This is a cube that uses UV light, literally has a door on one any. Is it a pass-through or is it like literally you open the door, you put it in, you close the door, turn it on, it disinfects, you open the door, remove it. Is that, is that, am I, so I want to oversimplify in a way just so people can get a mental picture of what we're actually talking about here. So we have the first unit, which is, is uh, just a one door unit, um, which exactly how you said, uh, picture a a larger microwave, a little bit taller, uh, a cube that you can put in any object in and then you can clean it, take it out the other side. You've got um, confidence that it is virally sanitized. So that would kill um, a ton of things, not just COVID, anything around it, including influenza viruses, things like that. Uh, we have uh, McGill, U of A, uh, and Inatech Alberta helping us out on those uh, those tests so that we can say, well, not only does the science support that it would kill it, but we've actually already tested this unit on that. Um, the second unit is the pass-through version. So that was the double door that you mentioned. Okay. The reason that we've created that um, is for people who really want to put that in an environment uh, that, you know, they're not just, they don't just want to clean um, the object that came in, but, you know, maybe a a little bit of a higher level um, that they want to be able to separate, whether it's uh, your employee from a client uh, or, you know, in the hospital world, we're looking to put it in and maybe the quarantine areas where people have, uh, have been infected, you could get something out of there, make sure that the COVID virus has been killed as you take it out or the totally opposite way around where, you know, which is important to us is, is saving lives. So if you have an immunally compromised um, individual and there's, there's wards of the the hospitals that are like this, um, Mm -hmm. there are already pastors in the, in these hospitals, but there's no sanitization uh, or sterilization function to them. There's negative air pressure. So you're not moving anything in through the air. But if something's on there, and that's the the big thing that we we see with this, whether it's in temporary hospitals for the COVID pandemic or a longer lifetime past that. So that's how the two different units work. One, you can put it on a countertop, use anywhere. The other one, you would kind of want to build into into a wall in between rooms so that you have a clean side and a dirty side. And how, what's the time period? How long does it take to, to have to reach that 99.9? So for, for the COVID and viral, um, yeah. it's actually fairly easy for us to, to kill those uh, viruses. Uh, and so we are under a 60 second cycle for that. Under 60 seconds. So this isn't even like stand and wait and like this is this quick. So it makes it very applicable in a real world environment where everybody's moving quick. Like hospital, everyone's moving at a fast pace. So which I'm assuming kind of sometimes leads to challenges when you have to, when you introduce something that slows down the process, but this does that in a very minimal fashion. Yeah. 
exactly. So on the on the N95 masks, now this uh, is variable because we need to uh, get our feedback back from Health Canada under what mm-hmm. type of safety level they want to see on an N95 mask. Okay. Um, it's going to be a little bit longer because you got to penetrate through that fabric with that light um, and make sure that it's clean. But, you know, we see it on the viral cleaning of functions is that let's say you're in a dental office or you're in a general practitioner office uh, somewhere where you wouldn't usually be wearing a mask mm-hmm. um, in between patients. But because of COVID-19, you're now wearing that. You don't want to go see one patient who might have had COVID, right. uh, then go see another one. So they're, they need to switch those masks in between. Um, so what we're seeing here is we could do a two-minute N95 viral clean cycle on that mask so that the doctor knows that when he's putting that back on his face, that he's safe. Uh, and the patient, um, you know, might not know because they don't see it, but the doctor knows that they're not going to be transferring anything in that PPE from room to room. And it's the same thing if they were uh, wearing face shields or things like that, you know, for the dental industry. Oh, that's interesting. So from a just pure safety perspective, it increases it, but also from the reality of just re- decreasing the burden of cost and waste of having to dispose of these masks and being able to like, just if you look at the whole cycle, the logistics around how do you support an environment like that where they need PPE, fresh PPE for every single patient? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that's uh, what we're seeing. You know, there's some people are using the surgical masks and and the surgical masks are, they do propose a bit of a problem for our unit because there's folds in the UVC light there's uh it's really important that you the light has to have direct d- direct contact okay i understand exactly so the n95s are, are really what we're keying in on and that's for two reasons one they're the most expensive uh they were um at certain points the um the most in demand and and the highest shortages um you know we could go all the way back to trump telling 3m he can't move yes. it across the border to canada um and you know, and, and we don't have those shortages, it feels like right now. However, it could come back around, um, as well as we're looking at the other countries that don't have the access that Canada does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and enabling them to bring those th- uh, those N95 masks up to from one use to 10, 20 uses is, is our goal there. Um, you know, another side of it, uh, as we look through it, is, is the industrial applications that people, again, are using these masks. Um, only for for personal protection. They're not using it in a sterile operating environment. They yep. wouldn't be wearing them normally. Is again, we can we can make sure that you're um, cleaning your own mask uh, and just making sure that you have a, a level of safety there. So yeah, functionality. So and what I'm really curious, I'm sitting and looking at your LinkedIn right now. I know we talked about this. You guys started this thing in April 2020. So this is very much. You guys responded. Uh, you obviously, to give a plug here, you're also the president of Reagan Industries. So as an organization, you guys saw this opportunity. What I'm just really impressed how fast you were able to make this happen, get it into a viable product, get the partners going. Like, Let's talk a little bit about that process because it seems, it seems like staggeringly fast how, how you were able to pivot and get this thing ready and serviceable to even be tested. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something we're pretty proud of for sure. It's impressive. Uh, the way the way the way that came around was um, as as a company uh, at Reagan, we we do architectural metal fabrication uh, mostly in the construction industry, mm-hmm. um, and the construction industry in Alberta, especially the high end with the fancy metals that we uh, we usually do, has definitely been hurting. Especially you know no large projects, 
I don't expect a new commercial tower to go up in Calgary for another eight to 10 years. And that was pre COVID. Um, just in terms of where <laughs> yes, that was, that was before the, the second and third yeah. left hook that we got. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So with us being both a manufacturer and, uh, the installation company and the construction, we face, uh, you know, a lot of hurdles We're we're still tied to the oil and gas industry because the economy is tied to the oil and gas industry, even though we don't work directly to it. We build a lot of their offices. We build a lot of the buildings that, uh, that then house those offices. So we've been feeling it a lot lately and we were looking for a way to diversify and we, we wanted to build uh, metal components for stuff that go around the world so that we we aren't tied to the alberta economy and, and we can diversify there still working in in that but uh, at least diversified so that you know the other half of our revenue could come from somewhere else so we started looking at this a little bit ahead of time in january not in terms of this actual technology but in terms of what uh what we could see really taking off. We were looking for small companies that, that would be looking to partner with a fabricator like ourselves that we think could, could see massive upswings. So as the, the um, uh, epidemic at that time in, uh, in China and a few countries was going, we were looking at especially North American uh, companies, US companies that we could offer them the exchange rate uh, on our fabrication that have stainless steel metal components in whatever they were building that was building disinfection type units. So that included um, sprays, uh, fumigation, and then it, it came around to a few UV companies. And so we started reaching out to them. Again, this is uh, myself and our business development um, manager here, John Fox, um, started reaching out to these companies um, got good feedback. They liked the whole idea of it. Yet they said, "Okay, well, we're working on drawings. We'll have drawings for you in a, in a couple months, maybe a month." Um, and we're like, "Okay, well, that takes a while, but we'll, we'll wait here patiently." Um, so then February passes and it keeps building, and we keep reaching out. They still aren't ready. They still aren't ready. Um, March comes, and and I, I remember the day where it, it felt like it became real to all of North America, and it was the day they shut down the NBA. Um, and looking out at it, um, the NBA shuts down, the NHL shuts down the next day. And the moment you shut down the NHL, that's when it really becomes real to the Canadians. <laughs> so it almost seems surreal now when you talk about it, like it feels like it was a lifetime ago, but yet it was only a few months ago. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, that, that first weekend, it, it took a, a big change because they started shutting things down. Uh, just that next Monday, I can remember it. And I looked to Ontario uh, shutting down all the construction um, other than infrastructure projects. And I, I thought Alberta was going to uh, to do the same. Um, mm -hmm. We did an amazing job here, the Calgary Construction Association. Uh, really, I can't believe how well, good of a job they did working with the government, uh, enabling us to stay open, um, which, you know, on one side, it's a little scary. You're not sure what the pandemic's going. But on the other side, it, you know, it 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 allows you to make some money, keep some people employed and, and try and, and get mm -hmm. through it. Which um, has been a delicate balance all along. How do you know, how do we make smart choices to keep everyone healthy, but simultaneously don't completely blow up the economy at the same time? Not, not yeah. that that didn't happen, but not, yeah, there was certain, certain groups, I think really ra rallied in a strong way to keep things at least moving a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can't, uh, 
I can't give enough kudos to the the construction association the way that they work with the government to find a way to keep us open however i at that point i was convinced we were going to close because ontario closed and i was yep. looking for the uh uh the different answer so we i remember it was march 24th and i uh i was talking to john and i just said you know what I'm tired of waiting for other people. I just feel like we can do this ourselves. So I know a light guy. I'm going to bring bring him in, and we're going to have a uh, a conversation about this. And so that's Cam uh, Hamad from uh, U Technology, another Calgary company. They've been around okay. for 12 years uh, here, and they've worked in the light space a uh, lot in LEDs. Um, and he and I asked him if he knew anything about this, and um, came in. Turned out turns out he did, and he. Uh, uh, he had been working on it for a different application with McGill University already, um, slightly different than than killing viruses during a pandemic. But uh, they had the background and some knowledge in it, and I had the ability to try and find an application for it. Um, worked in it. We pulled in uh, my head designer at Reagan, Brett Koska, and and started working on it the very next day. And what was nice, uh, the only nice thing about the uh, the pandemic is it it also gave us a, a laser sharp focus on moving things. Uh, forward pretty quickly because there was nothing else to do um, and so we started uh, doing prototypes and moving stuff forward right away and that's what came around was was some really good partnerships that, that made a huge difference and that was um, one the Alberta Innovates Fund um, and then the technical arm of that fund which is Inatech. Um, we made a, a partnership very early on telling them what we wanted to do and what we needed to achieve. Now with Alberta Innovates and Inatech, uh, they they gave us both the sensor technology to be able to, to work on the engineering side of the UVC lights. And then they also gave us the biolab capacity to start testing our lights on, on viruses and pathogens and bacteria. Um, however, at the time they didn't have the, the um, class three uh, biosafety lab that's required uh, for uh, the COVID virus. So we pulled in University of Alberta there as well. We really wanted to showcase, you know, Alberta in that whole thing. So uh, there was other options. U of S had, had isolated the virus, but our, our first um, choice was to keep it in, uh, in Alberta. So U, U of C didn't have the uh, classification of biolab either, but U of A luckily did. Uh, so we got them involved early, um, which was nice because we were able to, to book lab space and actually testing on the, the COVID virus is something that a lot of people haven't been able to do. I saw MIT right. came out with their uh, notes these uh, just these past few weeks about uh, what they've done with that. Um, but again, there's only so many universities with the, the access to the virus and everybody wants it for different things too. Um, right. The vaccines, everything like that. So, so for, for yourself, I'm just curious, were these relationships, like I know a few of them were kind of key people in your network, but were these relationships you had going in or I guess what I'm what I'm getting after is, was the ecosystem there that when you came to the table and said, I have a problem, I need partners, it feels like it came together pretty quickly, which is a great story to get out there to inspire people that if you have an innovative idea, there is an infrastructure out there that can and will and will support you. Yeah, and it was it was eye opening of, of what was there, um, which was very nice to see. Um, you know, one, you know, U Technology Cam. I had been in um, a perspectives group through the Calgary Chamber, so that's how I had met him, which was a nice Calgary connection. Um, and so I had him up on my board uh, just from there, there with his uh, business card pin there, because I wanted to talk to him about some lighted handrails down the road. 
but I went, well, this is the only light guy I know. So I'm going to see where this uh, takes right. us. Worked out perfectly. Um, but then the big, the big uh, structural was definitely getting involved in the Alberta Innovates Fund. Um, which is, uh, I can't, uh, you know, thank them enough for, for what they've done uh, through Inatech in terms of uh, working with us and, and really trying to bring our dream to a reality. And the way I see that is, um, you know, I'm a very proud Albertan born and raised here, um, very proud Calgarian, and, and somewhat upset over the last five years is seeing, you know, our, our economy in the state that it is in terms of the um, oil and gas crash and, and what it's, it's done for unemployment and things like that. And, you know, I see that I feel neglected by parts of the other country at different times too, um, mm -hmm. on the oil and gas side, but looking at what we can do in terms of innovation, uh, and different industries that are going to come out of this, um, this pandemic, I really feel that it's going to change, um, life afterwards. Uh, you know, it feels like we're, even if if we get past it quickly, we're still going to need to prepare for the next one and and be better prepared for it. I think that you know we're even better prepared for a second wave right now, just from our experience through the first. Um, but having those industries, so that was the Alberta Innovates, and then seeing the federal government move through on on multiple uh, programs on what you can supply. Um, it feels like they're shifting. They they feel they've got it under control right now, but you know as part of Canadian culture, we look to see what we can do for other people. So they're still running those same programs, preparing for second waves or what they can do to help make difference in third world developing countries. Um, and so we've got a lot of feedback back from both the Alberta government and the federal government that uh, has really helped us along on this. That's so inspiring to hear. And to, it sounds like the red tape was kind of parted for you guys as well, not not knowing that there's always red tape and with the amount of different partners you have involved to been able to move forward. Like, let's be clear, like April, you know, I know you said January, February, but you got serious, you know, in lineup with the NBA and the NHL. But basically April, May, June, like if for, you know, we're going to air this pretty quick, but it's the first week of July. Like what you guys have been able to accomplish in a very short period of time. It's impressive. And it certainly speaks to the willingness of your partners to just roll up their sleeves and I don't want to sound like an Albertan here, but I will like, just get her done. <laughs> like you guys just made it happen. <laughs> it's great. I do want to sound like an Albertan. What am I saying? I love <laughs> yeah. it. Why I do this podcast is to, yeah. is to raise the, shine the light on some of the things that go on in this province that I don't think always get the publicity that they need to. That's kind of my personal vendetta of doing this podcast. <laughs> I, you know, we've, we've talked before and it's, it's important to me. I, I cannot say how proud of an Albertan I am and how much I know that this province has more to offer than what uh, some of the outside world thinks of us, you know, whether that's uh, from the other provinces and they say, well, if, I'll call you when I need some oil and gas, but um, you know what? <laughs> yes, comes, that's very real. That's very real. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think over the years we've, we've sometimes done that to ourselves, abandoning some things um, when oil and gas prices go up because we just can't keep up to that. But uh you know, what it means to bring together some of the talent and the intelligence of, of this uh, province to move something forward like this. It, it's just amazing. And it's not a, 
a realm that I had a lot of experience in, in terms of um, being on the these Zoom calls with all these different scientists from from across the different laboratories. You know, uh, we, we obviously involved with Miguel, but the majority of the, our conversations here in, in Alberta too. It's just awesome to to pull the Inatech labs together with the U of A Bioscience Lab and be on these Zoom calls and talk about different ways that we can accomplish uh, things, what we want to see in terms of our testing and and really getting um, a quick introduction into the um, biosecurity side of things. So that includes the UVC light, but even uh, I was going back to my yeah grade 12 science class again yep. like, <laughs> on, on the bio side and said, well, you know, I've, I've worked construction, I've worked metal my entire life, but um, whatever, uh, I'll, I'll spend all night reading about this if it means that, uh, that we can move something forward and we can make a difference uh, in the world right now. Well, and I think that's a huge testament for you being in being in an industry that would be called, and I'm not minimizing it anyway, but a more of a traditional, like you said, construction, work with metal, more of a traditional industrial side of which there's a lot of it in Alberta to make that pivot. So for yourself, young CEO president, any thoughts or any words of advice you would share with somebody out there who's got an idea that's maybe like it's on a napkin, <laughs> you know, the classic back of the envelope, but sounds like, you know, you took it and got out there, but very quickly there was a groundswell of people around you to support it. But obviously that wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have started shopping around your idea. So any advice for anyone, Albertan or not, that's sitting on an idea that you're just not sure about? Is it just get out there, start talking to people? Like what 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 would you put out there? I think that's it's a massive thing for it. You know, it's you gotta be careful because you're trying to protect your IP and things like that. But the amount of people that I've had um, come give me support like we're setting up our advisory board purely because they it's an idea that they believe in um you know i have dr gord thompson's joining our advisory board on how to bring this into the dental community better um i mean that's a a massive he's the or i believe that he was the canadian representation on the international dentistry association uh, and he was the head of the Canadian Dental Association here for years too. So he, that, he knows that, what that he's is doing. A, that, is a, he's that is a guy. About. That's a guy you want on your team. <laughs> yeah. And we, we had a, a conversation with him and he, he immediately came on board. So, you know, we've, we found a, a few good contacts um, that, that know people and then everybody seems to know people. And as it comes around, it makes, you know, just such a difference. And even, you know, there, there's institutions that you wouldn't think to turn to, to talk to about it. But, uh, for instance, we, we've banked with ATB here at Reagan mm-hmm. for 30 years. Now I pulled them in because I needed access to capital um, to continue moving through um, the prototype phase, paying all the, the bills that we need to in terms of testing and things like that. Mm-hmm. But once I told them what they were doing, you know, they gave me a lot more backing than, than if I was just looking at it myself. So, you know, pulling them in on, on both sides of the company and, and going, look, we're we're really interested in, in bringing innovation. So that's a um, a banking institution, which everyone thinks that you know banks don't. They're just purely number people. But if you can tell them the story, if you can show them the opportunity that's there, um, they can get behind you. And, and they've been huge in terms of giving me uh, uh, a stronger access to capital, so that we can do not just the prototyping phase, but also the scale up of the new machinery and things that I need to create these units. Interesting. I'm not getting into too much detail or as much as you want to share. Has the, has the ATB been your primary source from a funding? Because obviously these things don't happen by themselves and it takes money to make the wheel turn. Has that been your main source? And I obviously tapping a little bit into the provincial funds, but has that kind of been where the, the financial support has come from so far? 
Yeah, so far uh, we've, we've had some provincial grants come through uh, from the Alberta yep. Innovates Fund, which has uh, helped us uh, cover some of the Inatech costs, things like that. Um, you know, having that partnership uh, with Inatech, making sure that they believe in us uh, is, is great. We are, we're, we're aligned for a few federal grants, but we're just waiting for that paperwork. Um, governments are a very, very strong wheel, but they're not a very fast moving wheel. Um, yep. So, so even on that side, just increasing my my ability to have access to capital, so that I could stretch it out till I get those payments from, <laughs> from the government. Yes, the, the many the many juggling uh, the many balls to juggle of an, of a startup. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, you know at a time juggling both companies and and um, times were definitely tough through the COVID months too. So it's not really yes. the time that you're looking to to lay a million dollars on the line to do a prototype on something. Yeah, it's not like the other business is kicking off a whole bunch of free cash <laughs> that you can just slide over here. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great investment time. So, yeah, I can't you know, say say enough good things about ATB in that that way and what they were able to uh, to provide for us in in just a little bit of uh, surety. Um, you know, not not free money, but of, of uh, course, yeah. of, of course, of course, but but they were there. They came to the table. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta spend money, and and that really just speaks to you know what what I see as as Tesser as it comes around. Um, the industry has a huge opportunity, I feel, um, and and what I'm trying to do is create a company that uh, that could possibly be uh, one of those leaders in that new industry and, and the opportunity that's, awesome. that's there and showing what Alberta can do with that. So we're using, you know, as many Alberta partners on our suppliers as we can too. So even our glass, we're, we're using local company, Goldray Glass, um, mm -hmm. to bring, bring us around. And they've they've been huge just on, on the testing side of things. So when it comes around to you want a glass that can block UVC light so that you can keep the people outside the chamber safe, um, you know, and then on the inside, you want a glass that uh, that transmit UVC light so that you get as much um, much of the exposure on on whatever you're putting in that unit, the object. Um, those were were things that I knew nothing about, and and you can't just mm -hmm. find everything on the internet. So pulling them in and using their resources on on testing and things like that was was great. And um, that's just local here in Calgary, you know, they want to be a supplier for us, but uh, they're ready to support us there right away. Is that uh, Kathy Soroka? It is, yeah. Don't, yeah, that's right. And okay, I've met, I've met it's, Calgary's a small town. If you and I talk long enough, we're going to know 10 of the same people. It's just how it goes. Yeah. Which is also one of his strengths, right? Because once you tap into one person, it's everyone's got their like that wheel of just boom. Oh yeah, I know somebody. And I found Calgarians always incredibly generous with their relationships. Oh, let me introduce you to so-and-so and I know somebody who can help you. And uh, you know, it is a big, small town. And I think that that is a huge advantage. We just, we need to capitalize on it by, by reaching out to our networks and just let people know what you're working on. It's amazing what'll come back. <laughs> Yeah, it's if you can get uh, the right connections to somebody, the, the, it's amazing how quickly you can move something. And I, I really feel blessed in, in how it went uh, in terms of getting as far as we have so far um, through a lot of connections. And it was just somebody who knew somebody and, and made that introduction. Um, and there's there's resources there for you. Um, you just got to make sure that you you, you get out and, and apply for it, um, like the Alberta Innovates Fund and mm -hmm. what we can see through that.
So now you've got the product, you're working through it, you're getting your testing, you're getting your certifications from Health Canada at the different levels. What about like, what's, I guess, thinking about access to markets? Obviously, Canada, Alberta is a make sense market, but this is obviously a lot bigger and this is a global problem. You mentioned other countries that maybe have different accesses to different levels of healthcare, different levels of everything. Is this a global play for you guys? Or like, is the US the obvious next choice because they're our neighbor? What are you thinking? Because getting this thing out there now is the next big, is the next big lift, right? It definitely is. I, I mean, there's, there's two sides of it uh, as well. So when I made this company, there's two things that are really important to me. And that is, uh, one comes from my father. He ran Reagan Industries for 30 years. Uh, there's some of these employees that are here, um, 27, 35-year employees. Uh, these are employees that I grew up with. I spent my entire life around. So as we're, we're staring the pandemic in the face, and, and I'm not sure construction sites are going to remain open. And I'm trying to decide what we're going to do to keep people employed. Uh, the thought of having to lay off any any one of my employees, I take that as a personal failure. Um, and and I get that from my dad. Uh, no matter how hard uh, he worked, it was always to make sure that the company was healthy. Uh, we keep people employed and keep moving things forward. The other side of it is my uh, my mother. She was an operating room nurse here in Calgary for 30 years at uh, oh, right three or four of the yeah. different uh, hospitals. Uh, both my brother and my sister-in-law are in the healthcare industry as well. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with the job that Canada has done. But at the time, back at uh, the end of March is when I was looking at it, um, I was looking at what was happening in Italy and, and them not having PPE uh, to keep them safe and the amount of healthcare workers that were um, not just getting it, but there were people dying. And it was just a, a horrible sight to see. So at the time I made it for that. And that's what I believe in a company is that it's not necessarily about the bottom line. Um, you know, the bottom line to me is more important about trying to grow a company that can employ Albertans um, and, and really making an industry powerhouse. So yes, I need to look at where it can do the most successful uh, in, in terms of number of units and size of company we can create. But the other half of it is where does it make the biggest difference? Um, if Canada has this under control, if we don't have a lack of PPE, um, I feel a moral obligation to look to the countries that don't. Um, so in, in a couple of weeks, we're actually heading down to South America to meet with one of their governments down there, um, to look at, we might do our first production run, um, as as 50 percent of our our units are going down to south america um where they don't have the maybe even the access to the sanitization that, that canada already mm -hmm. had so we're looking at some of those developing countries or those third world countries or second world countries um that are are looking for help right now because you can see where the new epicenter of the outbreak is other than yep. america um south america yes <laughs> yes it is yeah I, and i personally love the idea of you know an Alberta-based company having that kind of global reach, having that kind of impact and like that homegrown success story, but being able to service to a global clientele. I think that that also, back to your original position about what is in Alberta? Well, Alberta is the, the, the place where that company, the, the company is that solved our problem. Like that's, to me, that's a great brand message to get out there to the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, and it really, it comes in as a, a can, way that a Canadian can look at the world too. And I, I truly, you know, I have a lot of pride in, in what Canada does uh, around the world for aid. Um, and, and I'm happy that they've got it under control and I'm happy that they're immediately looking at where they can put this elsewhere. So we've had conversations with the, uh, department of national defense, 
um, and and hopefully taking that over through WHO or the Red Cross or things where we can put these into the countries as we continue to battle this thing for whatever it is, the next 6, 12, 18 months, and what they could do for the next pandemic. Yes, because unfortunately, if you look at statistically, this is just the this is a start of what could be an incredibly negative trend. And you know, when we current we haven't got this one under control yet. Clearly, when you talk about looking at the numbers, so hey, last question, or maybe not last question. I was I've always got a few more in my bag here. Uh, as a company, you know, somebody who went from an industry that wasn't focused wouldn't have been called an innovation or a disruptive industry to being in one now. Is there, was there anything? And again, this almost seems silly to ask because you ha- it's so quick and you've done such a fantastic job to get to where you are. Was there anything that kind of got in your way? Was there anything you're like, man, if we could have pushed that aside, or if that if that you know those waters would have parted, we wouldn't have been able to move a little bit faster. Did there anything hold? Did anything hold you back provincially, you know, or even federally from an innovation perspective? I do feel like um, there was definitely a bit of a hurdle, you know. Where I'm sitting at right now with the unit, uh, we decided to make a very versatile unit. Um, now, at the very beginning, I was looking for um, feedback from the Alberta government in, in terms of the, uh, whether it's AHS or or anybody. You know, I was, yes, I was looking at Alberta first. I wanted to make, make a difference in my home province as quickly as mm. I could. Um, now, looking back, in the end, it doesn't... Um, it seems like everything worked out. Like we, we managed to, to hold the, mm-hmm. hold the line there and we, it never got to that Italy level, but I was looking to try and get some feedback uh, from them to be like, well, is this the unit want you want, or is this the unit you want? The reason we're able to move so fast is because, you know, primarily we work in the construction industry and I, I design products this fast every day because even though I'm only going to build one of them. So I, I have a pretty amazing designer uh, in Brett, and how quickly he's able to churn these out is, is why we're able to move uh, this quickly. But that's just our mindset in in Reagan and then in our new company. Um, but we're for we're going into something we we don't have the the background information on. Um, so yeah. that was definitely the the access to um, feedback back. You know, I talked to a lot of different nurses and doctors, um, but actually working with the the head heads of procurement in terms of okay, well, this is going to make a difference in the pandemic. Um, you know, in the end, it doesn't feel like. Um, and, and again, we haven't beaten it yet, but uh, th- they managed to hold the line without us. That that's all right. Mm-hmm. But even if we knew exactly what they could use in their hospital we could then switch that over down to uh you know south america as we go down there and be like well this is the way that that our um our health services saw saw it working what do you guys think so that 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 willingness to get that direct feedback and that like i'm willing to build what you need just tell me what you need to be as like blatant about it (laughs) yeah it's so we've we've gone with something that we think is is going to be universal enough that uh that anybody could use it different industries uh whether it's healthcare industrial uh hospitality um but right. we had originally built the thing, you know, it's, it's going to help people get back to a little bit closer of a, of a way of life. But we, we put a big rush on it because we felt that we needed, we had an obligation to try and make a difference to the healthcare workers who were risking their lives at the time. Um, now, mm-hmm. they, there is still risk out there for sure. Um, and you never know where it's going to go. And, and that's still our goal is, is to get out there and make a difference in somebody's life, whether it's a healthcare worker or it's a patient or it's just slowing the spread. 
No, I, I, I appreciate that. Well, Phil, thanks for, thanks for sharing the story and congratulations, kudos. I'm like endlessly impressed on how quick you guys were able to take an idea and make it happen. Even if we go back to January and give you a whole seven, six months in a bit, <laughs> it's still impressive from your ability to. And I, I heard what you said loud and clear and like you brought a mindset from a different industry of speed and agility and design these things overnight to an industry that maybe, and again, I'm not pointing fingers, just is traditionally takes a lot longer to get things done. So I love when I see somebody bring a mindset. That's where disruption happens, right? When you're like, well, in our industry, we got to design this thing in 24 hours or they go down the street. So I'm not going to take, like you said, waiting for drawings for months and months. It's like, no, no. How about Wednesday? Like, can we have them by Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I really appreciate that. Never to underestimate that how to really disrupt is to take a different set of beliefs into a place that doesn't have those. And then everyone can't believe you can do something the way you do it. So kudos to you guys for applying that. And and not not getting bogged down by the way everyone expected to be done, and just doing it the way you guys believed it should be done. <laughs> I appreciate. That. And what's hey, what, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Like uh, obviously, Tesser.ca is great. If someone wants to reach out to you to connect, what's the what's the best path? Yeah, so the the website has the the most amount of information on it right now. So t e s e r dot c a, um, and on there there's uh, both an info line uh, and an info email. So sending it through to there and then uh, we can sort it out best if it's technical questions, if it's medical questions, or if it's sales questions about that. Fantastic. Well, Phil, thanks for taking the time to tell the story and thanks for doing the work that you guys are doing. That's, that's awesome. I think this is an awesome Alberta story and I'm proud to get it out there. <laughs> okay. And anybody who wants to kind of follow along as we uh, we move through that story and even move through our uh, South America trip, um, we do have Instagram, uh, Twitter as well, uh, and LinkedIn. So all, all the social media platforms. You guys are feeding the social media machine. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go follow. I'm going to go follow you guys right now. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it. Phil. Okay.